0: morning Sunset Hills how are you today hi hi good morning good morning if you guys would please rise and worship with us today that would bring us a lot of joy we are gonna sing about God being good Lord you are good
1: i yeah. Yes you are. So good, so good. Yes you are, yes you are, yes you are. You are good all the time, all the time. You are good, you are good all the time, all the time. Yes. Are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation.
2: Amen. Thank you, worship team, for that encouraging word this morning. He is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. He is good, and he is just what we need. Good morning, Sunset Hills Baptist Church. It's so good to see you guys this morning, to have you here in the house of the Lord together to worship this good God that we serve. If you're a guest with us this morning, we are so honored by your presence here and happy that you just came in our doors this morning. It was no accident. And if you are a guest this morning, we'd love to get to know you more. Uh, We hope that you'll stop at our... um, table out in the lobby so one of our people can take care of you and get some information from you so we know uh, how to serve you best. And uh, if you're watching on our live stream this morning, we're so glad that you've chosen to join us this morning as well to hear about this good God that's going to be proclaimed. We have a a guest this morning with us that I'm sure many of us know. Mr. Robbie's here this morning, our friend, to to bring us the word. (laughs) No? To bring us the word this morning? Yeah, you are going to give us a good word this morning so we're looking forward to that thank you for being here this morning he's looking at me over here like no stop don't do that but we always um, love having your uh, uh, sermons this morning uh, when you're here with us to join us so worship team continue to lead us
3: all
0: right we all know God's grace is enough can we agree yes let's sing about it your grace is enough
3: Great is
1: your faithfulness, O God You wrestle with the sinner's heart By still waters and to mercy, and nothing can keep us apart. So. your from arms, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from.
0: This one with us. It's called I Speak Jesus.
1: Depression, I speak Jesus. Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family.
4: every mind because I know there is peace within his presence I speak Jesus yes sing it out
0: with
3: us
1: shout Jesus from the mountains
3: Jesus in the streets
1: Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy
4: the name of Jesus,
3: over
4: every heart and every mind, cause I know there is peace within his presence, I speak Jesus, Lord,
0: oh, the message is so strong. Thank you so much for being a God that allows us to call you by name. To speak over hurts, depression, and death, fears. and To speak over them with a power that only you possess, God. Thank you so much for being such a real, and personal, God, to each and every one of us. Lord, as, as we take in the message today that Pastor Robbie is bringing to us, Lord, I just, you know where our hearts are today, God. You know our needs. So, Lord, I just pray this one prayer that each and every one of these people do not fear to just call on your name in what circumstances that they are in in this moment, that they will just call on your name and know that there is power in that name. Lord, we thank you for this moment to worship you, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen.
5: Thank you worship team for leading us this morning in this very precious time. There is power in the name of Jesus, right? And When we speak his name, it's amazing when we believe in that power and believe in his name, how much calm he can bring to us when we're in the midst of a storm. As I have been this past week and my family, just say thank you church family for reaching out and supporting us over this past week and the death of my mom. You've been really gracious in so many ways, your calls and texts and food and just being there for us and and just your prayer support has has really sustained us during this week. I've been fighting a head code now for two weeks and I I just decided that, you know, after last week's sermon, it was was a sad time for me and I, between uh, just the events of this week and and having this head code, I just decided that I was on Tuesday morning and I was going to call somebody up and say, hey, would you fill the pulpit for me? And it, incidentally, um, my mom passed away at 7.05 on Tuesday morning. at 7.34, and to Robbie, he called me because I had called him the night before and he was returning my call. And it was good to hear his voice. It was good to hear at that particular time, just minutes after Uh, Well, I called him back in minutes after, hours after we we talked. Robbie and I go back to 1977. Now, it is wild. It is a while, isn't it? Yeah. He's old. I don't know, you know. You were in first grade in my foot. When I went to transfer to Belmont University, Robbie I got I went in and started doing stuff for the BSU for a short period of time and Robbie was the president of the BSU at that time. Robbie was the main man around campus and uh well known throughout the campus. I thought if I get to know Robbie Robison I'll know somebody important. Later I only find out he wasn't as big a big deal as I thought he was. (laughs) But we do have a lot in common. Robbie's got a big family. Uh, He comes from a very godly family with his mom and his dad and his dad went home to be with the lord earlier this year yeah. like robbie uh you know like me I, I this has been a this has been a trying year we do have uh this in common as well uh we both had open heart surgery uh this year and uh robbie had his in june is that right august July. august 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 so he's seven weeks out from open heart surgery. I think we ought to just compare scars <laughs> yeah, up here tonight. Right. Yeah, that's right. No, we would not gross you out with that. But you actually knew that Robbie was going through this. He's spoken for us many times before. He was supposed to be at the men's retreat and because of his open heart surgery, he was unable to do so. But you have been praying for, for Robbie over these past several weeks as well. And we, I know he appreciates those prayers as I did when I was going through that. But Robbie, this is the first time he's spoken since his yes. open heart surgery. You know, he, Robbie's known kind of around. Whenever I say, hey, you know Robbie Robinson? Oh, yeah, that's that wild man. We'll see if the open heart surgery has calmed you down <laughs> any at all. A
6: little bit. Yeah. It is, though.
5: I've never seen yeah. your hair cut so short.
6: Yeah, so, just come on. Yeah, you know, made some changes there.
5: But yeah. you welcome Robbie Robinson come to our church. Come on.
6: Thanks, Pastor. Yeah, love you, Pastor. You said that huge. Man, I love being here and love being with you guys. Man, how about the worship team again this morning? Come on. I'm serious. I mean, every time I come here, it's like, I don't know, it's like a cross between Chicago, ACDC, Carrie Underwood, and Florida Georgia Line all got together and had a worship baby up here. Come on, they're good. That's right. Well, uh, if you've got your copy of God's Word, would you turn to Matthew 28? If you don't, maybe you got it on your phone. Matthew 28, the last chapter of the book of Matthew. Um, this is the last time Jesus was with his disciples, the brothers. Um, you know, last things are really important. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, I was born on my grandfather's 50th birthday. So my grandfather and I, we were were tight. And I'll never forget when Grandpa turned 97... I decided to go visit him in Nixon, Missouri, just outside of Springfield. And I drove down all the way to Highway 60 in Nixon. My grandfather lived in a little old nursing home kind of set up. So I went in and, you know, I remember I saw him with. Still, my grandpa, he was, he was always a blinger. He had a pickup truck and a, and a Lincoln Continental. He, was, he doubled it up. So he maybe at the door, his little, his little walker, and it was blinged out and beautiful little tennis balls on the front and had a little cool stuff on it because my brother, grandpa always blinged out just a little bit, man. So he met me at the door and he goes, man, I got the bed already. He said, Grandpa, I'm going to sleep on the couch. You're going to stay in your bedroom, you know? And so the whole time we were there, he would go to Bass Pro Shop. And, man, we remembered all kinds of things. He talked to me about when he helped build the Kentucky Dam and when he worked on some of those big buildings in Chicago and when he was growing up young, working on the, in, on, on the railroad, you know, shooting coals in the fire and all that stuff. But now my grandfather... He's the one that took me when I was a little bitty kid to go see a guy named—I don't know if y'all knew what I'm talking about—guy back in the day called Gorgeous George. Okay, he was a wrestler. Before there was the Hulk, there was Gorgeous George. Before there was Triple H, there was Gorgeous George. Before there was Macho Man Savage, there was Gorgeous George. So that's where I got hooked into it, and then I found it wasn't really for real. But that's okay, you know. <laughs> So this is the last time Jesus is meeting with the disciples. So if you look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, says, Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. 11. Now, there were originally 12 disciples, right? So one of them is not with them. Who is that? Do you remember? Judas, that's right. Remember, Jesus, Judas had betrayed Jesus for that handful of coins. And realizing what he did, you know, Judas took his life. I I can't imagine what Judas felt actually when he walked in the garden because if you remember God's word tells us that he told the guards that he would kiss Jesus on the cheek which was a real sign of just friendship endearment and so when he did that I can't imagine the look in his eyes when Jesus looked back at him and said man you, you really did this you really did this what he carried on him so there's 11 guys and uh, it says there that, um, it says, so there they were 11 guys to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And then verse 17 says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. As I really see this, I really catch it. When we finally really see who Jesus is, it's hard not to want to worship. Not that, oh, he's just, oh, I know that name, Jesus, but we really know who Jesus is. We cannot but want to lift up, want to worship him. I was in Ada, Oklahoma, doing a college retreat for a group there at a church, Life Church in Ada. And there was a young lady on the front row. Now, it was genuine. I've been in churches, I'm not putting this down, but I've been in churches where sometimes it is worship's almost like an event. People are if you hear me, it's like, are they really worship or is this sort of just a, a somewhat a concert event? And she was, I mean, ultimately worshiping Jesus. And I met her later that evening, talked to her name was Ditra, and Ditra was from India. And so she couldn't, she didn't talk great English. had somewhat, you know, good flavor. with been a little bit of an accent on. I remember asking one of the leaders, John, later on. I said, tell me about Deetra and her. You know, what brought her in this whole deal to Jesus? He said, well, she came here to go to southeastern Oklahoma, met some friends, and some friends brought her to church, invited her, would you love to come to church with me? She came to church for a period of weeks. In that time period of coming to church, she experienced, she understood who Jesus was, what it meant he did died on the cross for her, that he rose from the grave. And in that process, she reached that point in time in her life where Dietra invited Jesus to come into her heart life as her Savior. And after she invited Jesus into her heart as a Savior, the pastor had talked to her, Pastor Carl, about coming forward for baptism and having that time of just publicly sharing your faith in Christ. And whenever she decided, I do want to follow Jesus in baptism. Dietra called her parents over in India and let them know that she had come to Christ, she would accepted Jesus as her Savior, and that she was going to be baptized. Now, her parents didn't really have a problem so much with it, but when she said she was going to be baptized, that was kind of a line of you're leaving where we were, quote, spiritually in our world and in Hinduism and all that stuff, and now you're coming to Jesus. And they tell Dietrich, if you get baptized, then we're not going to pay for your college anymore. If you get baptized, we're going to, we're going to cut the cord. And so Dieter went to Pastor Carl and she said, Pastor Carl, man, I don't know what to do. I really don't want to do, Pastor Carl. What, what do I do? She said, Well, do you love Jesus? And, and teacher said, Yes, I love Jesus. You want to follow him? She said, Absolutely. Well, sometimes when we follow Jesus, there are lines that we draw and steps that we take and things we leave behind us. God's word says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they're a brand new creation. Old things pass away and all things become brand new. And he said, So there's a choice you have to make. Who are you going to follow? And she said, you know, Pastor, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna be baptized. Now, he knew on the side that she used to make all these little bracelets and just sell to her friends. And he said, dietra let's do this. The next couple Sundays, we're gonna set up a lobby outside in the front of the church. And you make as many of those little bracelets as you want. And here's what we'll do we'll make an announcement that those two Sundays, anyone who buys one and makes a donation will help you pay for your college for two Sundays. (laughs) Amazing story. She sold those little bracelets, and over a period of two weeks, she made enough money to pay for her college to finish her sophomore year, her junior year. and her senior year. So, seeing her worship throughout that event, it was real. When they saw him, when they really caught him, who Jesus really is, they worshipped him. And I love this, passage. as we've done, I, I never really caught this. You know, I'm not sure why, but I never really caught this part in verse 17. When they saw him, they worshiped him, of course. But then this next line, these are 11 guys. They walked with Jesus, right? They ate breakfast with him. They saw him literally take a young girl who had fallen to her death and and, and brought her back to life. They saw him call out Lazarus from the tomb. They saw him reach down and grab a man's arm that was just writh- just writhed from all the pain and leprosy and come back to healing again, yet it says here in verse 17, but some of them doubted. I'm like, what? Are you serious? I'm I'm like, when I saw that all of a sudden, I I thought, I'm normal. I'm okay, because sometimes I struggle. I have those thoughts. I can't believe that just went through my mind. I can't believe I just had that moment of doubt. I remember one time I was a, a church down in Alabama. And one of my, one of the guys in the church with James called me one night. I said, mean, Robbie, i got to talk to you, And I said, what's up, James? He said, dude, man, I think I've lost my salvation. I said, you don't remember where you put it? <laughs> and he goes, no, Robbie. I said, because I'm having these doubts and struggles and thoughts. I said, what are they? And he said, man, just, I'm hearing people say this. I like, well, what if that's true with this? I said, James, you're normal. We all have those times. We live in a real world. We all have those moments of thoughts, of struggle, of pain, or wonder, yet some of them doubt it. Man, it's just, just, they they missed it. They didn't see it for a moment. They had the questions. Now, here's what's really awesome. Now, it didn't stop for a moment, and Jesus didn't pull all the 11 guys together and say, okay, guys, now that you have some doubts, let's sit down for a moment. Let's turn the TV on and have a little Oprah moment, okay? Share what you're feeling. What you're thinking? No, what he did, he just moved on because the next place he goes in, Jesus, his next, he just starts talking to him about the next thing he came to talk to him about. And see, what what I think what God's saying is, even when we have doubts, even when we have struggles, even when we go through these dips and moments, don't sit in them, don't soak in them. Just keep moving forward. I remember, man, when I was a my first church I served at, a little church over Mount Julian, man, you know, I you know like you said pastor I've I'm, I'm, I'm always lived kind of on the edge so I did some things with youth group that that made a few people a little ticked off in church you ever imagine people in church getting ticked off you know and uh especially if it's a Baptist church oh this is a Baptist church that's right okay so so I'm not sure what I did but I ticked a few people off and I was like I can't believe this this is a great way to reach teenagers. This is a great way to reach people in, in a unique way who need Jesus. And Man, I remember I went to Pastor Billy's office and I said, Pastor Billy, I said, I quit. He said, you quit? Why? I said, because there's people in this church. You know? He said, what? And said, we started talking about it. And after I kind of got all out of my system, I remember Pastor Billy, he stood up. He's about six three, six four. He looks at me and he goes, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to never ever forget. I said, okay. He said, no, serious. All through life, all through ministry, don't ever forget this. So I pull out my kind of mental pad, my mental pen, because I'm going to take this incredible dose of wisdom from Pastor Billy. I'm about ready to write this down. In my mind, so to speak, he goes, okay, here you go. I'm like, okay. He goes, remember. I'm like, Okay. Big trains don't stop for barking dogs. That's it. But you know, the more I've lived, that's the real truth. It's the little yappers in life, the little ankle biters in life that come as that what slow us down, turn us around, hold us at bay, and it's like, that's right, dude. Big trains don't stop for barking dogs. And so Jesus, look at the next verse there in verse 18. He just moves on. So Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I love that kind of opening. That, well, what that says to me is like, I remember when I was a kid, and you know, going to my to my sisters, you know, or something like that, and saying, "Hey, we're, we got to do this. Well, why we got to do it? No, no, we got to. Why we got to do it? Well, because Mama said. If you remember your kid, if you said if Mama said or Daddy said, all authority just went over, and that's the bottom line. And Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And the next verse, he said, therefore, in other words, because of this, here, here's the, here's the last thing I'm telling you. Here's the bottom line of what I'm throwing at you is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey all things I've given you and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I was... um, I was at a church in Little Rock, Arkansas, Bible Church in Little Rock, and I, I had spoke at a youth retreat, and I was preaching on Sunday morning, and they were meeting in sort of an old school gym that they met into an auditorium, and at the back, like you've got your back building, but right above where the back before over the doors, they had painted a picture of the globe. Now, I'm in Arkansas, Little Rock, the globe was upside down, so I'm like, well, it's kind of upside down, in Arkansas, anyway. Maybe they don't realize. They're in Arkansas, they're not in Australia, you know? And it's kind of had this weird moment because like, why is it painted upside down? And I didn't just stop in my message and go, let me walk back there and look. But at the end of the you know message, the end of service, I walked back to the back of the church and then what I couldn't see from up here that I saw when I got back there was the caption written around the globe that was turned upside down and it said this, Now, go turn your world upside down for me, Jesus. That's what he wants. He wants, he hungers, he desires for you to literally go turn our world upside down to make that difference for him. Acts 1.8 is that other moment where Jesus, he, he accounts for Luke there of when he met with the disciples last time. And he said, When you receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, said, you become powerful, Acts 1-8 says, and you will be my witnesses. When Jesus truly comes into our lives, when he truly fills our heart, it's not a small thing. And so we can't help but to want to be witnesses, difference makers, going to our world to make a difference. One of my good friends, Adrian pray. Adrian played defensive end. He's six foot nine, played defensive end college football. And he and I used to do a lot of FCA, Fellowship of Christian athlete retreats around the country together. And I remember one time we were speaking together, it was in Columbia, South Carolina, and he was telling me his little boy at the time was about four years old. And he came to his daddy and kind of tugged on his leg one day and said, Dad, I got a question for you he so said, "Look down at him, Robbie and I said, what's your question? And he said, Daddy, how big is Jesus? He said, I didn't know how would answer that to my little boy. How big is Jesus? He said, I looked at him, I said, well, well son, he, he, I mean, there's so many ways you don't understand now, but in so many ways, Jesus is big. He said, well, well Daddy, is Jesus bigger than you? And he's like, you know, Again, I can't quite tell you, son, but yeah, in so many ways, Jesus is much bigger than your daddy is. He said to my little boy, he stepped back, kind of scratched his forehead and looked up, and he goes, well, daddy, if I ask Jesus in my heart, he's gonna stick out all over, you know? It's like, yes! When Jesus comes into our lives, takes over our lives, fills our heart, fills our life up, he can't help but stick out all over over. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea. Go and make disciples of all nations. When I was a student pastor of a church in Montgomery, Alabama, I'll never forget Mickey, Mickey Dunson. Mickey and Danny, good friends of ours. Mickey was one of these people that, well, you know who these people are when when you walked in the door, Mickey. She smiled at you. If she didn't know you. She'd say what her name was, and she was you. You know who huggers are. She hugged you. You know even if she didn't know you. You know she'd hug you, try to remember your name, and and I forget Mickey, Mickey at one time during this well, it was in the spring of year. Her husband Dandy was waking the middle of the night and. Miku was just having some unique convulsions, and they took her down to Jackson Hospital, Montgomery, Alabama. Dr. Larry Epperson, who went to our church, a neurologist, a neurosurgeon, still a good friend of mine, and he's through this whole process, man. Dr. Larry's been—I've talked to him a lot about stuff, you know, has walked through what I've walked through this whole summer and stuff, and and uh, the guy down there, and they did uh, did some different tests and whatever they are, MRI, MRAs, all those things. They found that that Mickey had a small aneurysm, almost, if you go back of your right I don't know if you were right here, somewhat close to the center of her brain. And so Danny's like, Doc, what do we do? And he said, well, how large it is and where it is, we we need to do immediate surgery. And, uh, you know, Danny's like, okay, Doc, let's do it. Because... Doc kind of explained to him the severity of the situation. And uh, so they had to make my wife well, let's do this. And and doc I remember I was I was in there with them and Dr. Larry said, Well, this is so precarious, I personally can't do it. He said, But what we need to do is take her up to Birmingham, the UAB hospital which is you know like we have here in Nashville, from St. Thomas to Vanderbilt, to IU, one of the top rated hospitals in the nation. And he, uh, he said, I've got a couple good friends up there. He said, I want to talk to you, and then we'll set it up. He went out of the room for a period of time, came back in and he said, guys, we've got the surgery set for in the morning. And he's like, man it, well the moment you have a fr- refreshment a moment like dude, and then another moment like, Oh, this is more serious than I thought it was, and so they they rushed her up to u a b hospital uh began the surgery, you know uh on the on that next uh that next morning uh and I forget it was much longer than what i mean." What I went through in, in in August and what you went through earlier this year, as far as the, the longevity of the surgery, I'll never forget when I uh, when I came out of uh, of the surges over and Danny, Doctor Larry came in because he was up there. He said, "If you want, you can go see your bride." And he's like, "Man, I I can't wait. I want to." And uh, so we. Dr. prep me, just, I remember Dr. Preptina, so when he first time you see Robbie after surgery, he's not gonna look like you think he's gonna look, you know? You're gonna be a little bit worried, like, what just happened? And he said, so, so just kind of prepare yourself a little bit. And we we walked in the room, and I mean, bandage up, tubes everywhere. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, at, at when we walked in, and, man, man, just Danny went over and put us hands on his wife's arm, just kind of leaned over and kissed her on the cheek. And, and I remember I'm on the other side and I just kind of kind of barely just kind of touched her arm, you know, for a moment and then she kind of moved her head and looked at me and through the tube, she actually said this, it's great. I said, yes, it is. And then as we start talking, she looks up at Danny, her husband to tell me something that happened, I guess, I didn't realize at the time, and so he could tell from the look, because she's he was kind of coming out of it all, and he shares about her cousin, Kevin, who lived in Gadsden, Alabama, and, uh, man, I remember there are times at the end of the service, and Mickey would come forward toward the end, just, man, Rob, you have to pray for my cousin, Kevin, lives in Gadsden, he doesn't know Jesus Man, I remember just standing around the front of the church praying for Kevin, her cousin, who she wanted to know to come to Jesus and praying for him. And One time she asked me after one service, what what I do, you know, I said, I try to talk to my cousin about Jesus and, man, he, he won't even want to talk, just hangs the phone up on him. I said, well, why don't you just write a letter and just tell him how much you love him, how much you want him to know Jesus and what that means. Well, the, that night before, and I didn't know it, the night on that Tuesday night before she had her surgery on Wednesday morning, her cousin had called her from Gaston, Alabama. He was thinking about his cousin who was gonna have this incredible surgery, and he just starts driving around Gaston, Alabama on his motorcycle, pulls up on a Tuesday evening where there were some people just kinda hanging outside of of, I forget the name of the church there, you know, community Baptist or whatever it was and drove up and asked if the pastor was there and said he was. said, man, I just want you, I want you to pray for my cousin. So she said, sure, what's her name? So her name is Mickey, Mickey Dunson. And uh, so they, they sat down outside of the, just bench outside of the church and prayed for his cousin. And when they got through praying for Mickey, the pastor looked at Kevin and said, man, can I ask you a couple questions? You know, some of those times in life, we're all open to some questions, and so we asked him the questions about, had he ever invited Christ in his heart, did he know what Jesus did for him? Those questions led to more questions, to more talking, and through the course of the conversation, Kevin bowed his head, closed his eyes, and that evening made the decision to invite Jesus Christ into his heart. And Danny's just telling me the story how when he got back, he called them in the hospital that night, UAB, before and talked about how he came to Christ, gave his life to Jesus. And I remember driving back from Birmingham that afternoon, Wednesday late afternoon, back to, to Montgomery, Alabama. God just started putting on my by head, my heart, started thinking about our neighbors next door, the Lemons who, they had three kids, and I had never invited them to come to church. I, I lived next door to them, I'm on staff at the church. I never reached out to them, I never invited them. I got back that evening and Tina and I really thought from the course of the conversation that, man, we, we just need to invite them to come, their kids at least, to come to Vacation Bible School, and they did. And then they came the evening we did the celebration. And I guess there's more about the story. But within about a two month period of time, one evening we're sitting over there at the Lemons house with just husband and wife and Tina and I. And, and both of them, that evening, prayed and divided Jesus Christ in their heart and life as their Savior. Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples. Jesus said, if I've come into you and, and the Holy Spirit's in you, you've invited me, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the all ends of the earth. Let's pray together. Can't we do that? Encouragement for us, and, and that's why we're here. Man, what, a, what an awesome opportunity we have at Sunset Hills Church. And I don't know how, Pastor, you want to end the service today, but with your heads bowed, eyes closed, Pastor, I'm going to ask you if you'll come up and kind of bring the service to a close today with heads bowed, eyes closed.
5: Special moments. When we think about what it is that Jesus did for us, how He told His disciples, "You need to go out and be a witness." On Fridays, we paid to place my mom, and we were there to do the burial service and I looked out to my family I'm grateful that most of them are believers in Jesus Christ also, I also looked out and I saw that so many members generation to below me they don't know Jesus I said to them that evening, that, that afternoon, one of these days we'll get, get to go see my mom again. We'll get to see Dean Dean. The only way that you're gonna see Dean Dean is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what Jesus was trying to get those disciples to, to realize that the world needed to hear the gospel. Oftentimes we think, well, we need to go out and share that in some place, and we should. That's far away. Yet, as Robbie just said, our neighbor's right next door. We need to hear about Jesus. Our family members need to hear about Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you've heard about him, but you've never just turned your life over to him. The reality of it is you're lost. If Jesus were to come for you right now, take your life away, you would not go to heaven to be with him. The Bible says you go to hell. I'm sure most of us are probably believers and we've, we've come to that point in time in faith. But maybe there's one or two or more here but you've never done that. You've heard Robbie speak the gospel of how Jesus radically changed people's lives. Not long after that, as those disciples were waiting till Jesus left, the Holy Spirit empowered them and they began to change the world. That same power that those disciples were infused with, that same power can come into us when we choose to follow him. He said, Well, I did that. I'm a believer. The next question I have is Do you know someone who's not? Who needs personal relationship with jesus in a moment as we stand and as the worship team will lead us in this time of invitation i'm going to ask you to do two things first if you've never given your heart to jesus this is an opportunity for you to do it right now just admitting that you're a sinner believing that jesus came to die on the cross and he came with a purpose and that purpose was to save you from your sin and then confess it save me and come in my heart and then the second thing I'm going to ask you to do is if you have already come to Christ and you have a family member that's not a believer right now I just want you to speak their name in your mind call it up and just say God I don't know what they're doing right now but would you just make yourself known we see a heart, see a mind where we're thinking of family members or friends or people who are lost. We just see that 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 person is on our mind and, and ready that we're just lifting them up to you and say, give us an opportunity to speak Jesus into their life. Search us find us obedient. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you please stand and respond if God's leading you. The
1: splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice Run.
5: my microphone down there and had I had it and been up here on time I would have said you know what let's sing that chorus and let's do it without music and let's just let our voices be lifted is God not great is he not great and let's sing
1: like he is how great is our God
5: come and make a few announcements, but
2: right. We have a lot of things going on in the life of our church we want to let you all know about this morning. Um, starting with today, we have um, a special event that's going on uh, over um, at Spring Nails, which is on Mallory Lane in, um, in Franklin. So uh, Johnny, Johnny Lee, who owns <laughs> Spring Nails and is here today, I believe. Johnny, raise your hand. Do I need something done?
5: Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Go get your nails done.
2: That's what happens when you have uh, three kids under the age of uh, of five. (laughs) You make it a habit of going get your nails done
5: before then. Uh, No, no,
2: not not really. Uh, But uh, if you want to bring. If you want to bring anyone today to get their nails and fingers done, uh, Johnny's sitting right out here, raised his hand. Yeah, they own that. And today, from 12 to 4, you can go there and get a, a, a pedicure, manicure, and all the proceeds that you pay will go to this church. So we say thank you to Spring Nails and Johnny Lee for that service. Um, Cash or check only, walk-in only. Uh, you can look in the bulletin for more details. And then our holiday food drive is coming up here. Um, Friday Friends is uh, doing a non-perishable food for the Nolensville Food Pantry. And you can drop those collections by in the foyer in the, uh, in the receptacle out there. The receptacle sounds bad. <laughs> That's, that sounds really bad, doesn't it, Pastor Steve? <laughs> The garbage, yeah. It's, um, it's a box that you can put those in so we can take those for people in need this season. Um, our new church library is, is uh, on the cusp of, of ready open, and uh, you can go in there and check out books. So we want to say thank you to, to Lynn and Sandy Hearn for getting that ready. It is, it is up and going. Okay, and we'll, we'll give those details out soon. Um, and then we have uh, our coat Our coat drive is going on right now for the Knowlesville Clothing Closet. This is a great opportunity, especially as the winter season approaches. If you have new or gently used coats that you would want to give to those families in need in our area uh, this season, you can drop those also off in the foyer, in the box out in the back by the back doors before November 1st this month is going on. And then our trunk retreat is happening in just a few weeks. We're really excited about that. That's gonna be October 26th uh, on a Wednesday night. And uh, that's an early release day for Williamson. County Schools. So kids are going to get out early, and we see some high fives from some of our teachers here today for that. Um, So come. uh, If you haven't signed up yet, we still have a few slots left out on the poster in the lobby. Just write your name on there. Our theme is Bring Light to the Community. Um, there are some uh, things you need to know, so when you write your name on there, I'll get in touch with you about what those rules are. We're going to give away prizes. This is just a great opportunity to love the people in our community and let them know that we're here. Uh, so we hope you'll be a part of that. We, ha- we need help. We need help with food. We need help with uh, pictures. So if, if, even if you're not decorating a car, come see me. We'd love to have you jump in this Wednesday night or that Wednesday night on the 26th for, uh, for that event. Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve.
5: Kelly is on vacation this week, if you're wondering where he might be, and uh, he'll be back next week. Appreciate the worship team, Sandy, for leading and stepping up and doing a wonderful job this morning leading worship, right? Amen, thank you so much. Robbie, thank you. I I, I tried. When Robbie had open-heart surgery, we were, before, we were talking quite a bit, and I said, hey, man, I have the greatest videos that I have found on YouTube of this surgery and you, here you need to go and check it out and he says no way dude i am not watching any of those videos you chicken 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 that's all it was yeah so but would you express your appreciation to robbie coming and preaching this morning Thank you. would you please stand i dismiss this it's been good to be here this morning father to hear your word to be challenged that our responsibility to go out, to look at a few that had doubts and eventually they were able to overcome that and go out and and be strong witnesses. Father, I pray that as we leave this place, that's what we would do. Be strong witnesses in how we live and how we act and the words that we say and just in, in how we love, Father. May we leave this place with you jesus being on our lips and in our minds and will be carried this week Father. i know that there are people in our church that are going through uh, some difficulty right now facing different illnesses and surgeries and dealing with hardships and, and just hard things in life and i pray that your presence will be with them provide healing power we pray for healing power of spirit and soul We just pray that you just speak into the lives of people, not just here, but all around our our country and around our world, of people who who suffer. Would you just just look down upon them with favor? Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
7: Hi, good morning, this is Kelly. I wanna take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person, we would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.